This following episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by this amazing sponsor. Recon 2017 is coming up in early May. Hosted by Historical Miniatures Gaming Society, South Chapter. This weekend-long all-gaming convention runs from Thursday, May the 4th through Sunday, May the 7th. The show will be held at the Park Inn by Radisson Resorts and Conference Center on U.S. Highway 192, almost next door to Disney. There will be nine four-hour sessions of gaming across the weekend focusing on historical war games, but also including fantasy and sci-fi war games, role-playing games, and even some board games for a total of well over 100 different game events. Special guest for the convention is writer and game designer Howard Whitehouse, who will be running a couple of games of his own and also joining a few others as a fellow player. There will be over 300 gaming hobbyists with whom to share a table and about a dozen and a half vendors on site ready to commit commerce and a wild and woolly Friday night flea market packed with great deals. Don't miss out on a great weekend of gaming in our own backyard. For more information, including pre-registration and hotel reservations, visit hmgs-south.com. Grove Roots Brewing Company, the official beer sponsor of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Find them in downtown Winter Haven, Florida. They're also on Facebook.com forward slash Grove Roots Brewing and GroveRoots.com. Don't forget that the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent Hello, Antoinette. Yeah, we back in the back. Don't know you had a long day, but let us inject. Sit back, relax, and have some cold beer. Gotta pay a few bills. Yeah, we're all clear. And let's do so on the loose. You know the tag team champs. Man, we get the biggest pop when we hit the ramp. The outlaws of the new age. And we still got love for the retro ways. You know, Nintendo, Sega Genesis, so many systems. Your Dreamcast and reminisce. So pull back the curtain and hit the booth. Cause it's the Happy Hour Podcast with Johnny and Duke. Yeah. There we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. And we are on the final day, the last legs, if you will, of Inked and Geeked. And I have my good friend, my booth buddy. Who's that? That would be you, Christian, from the amazing (laughs) Marku42, bringing you the... Hooniverse and beyond. beyond. I've maybe heard that uh, statement about six million times this weekend. And that's the way we work, man. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I if guess you don't know by now who we are, you're going to learn today. <laughs> you're going to learn today. Cause, oh, man, because I heard it all weekend, and it's it's been fun. But I, I, I really... It worked out great the way everything kind of went down. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, Maria told me, she was like, hey... I need to put you with with Christian. Is that cool? And I was like, Yeah, I kind of actually asked for that in the beginning. So yeah, that works for me. So we've been booth buddies because you know me and you have been lone wolfing it this weekend yeah. for our our different podcasts, if you will. Um, which which is awesome because it, yeah. we yeah, as you mentioned, we were we were trying to get together, and uh, we were, she was telling me, you know, you're in the back and Deuce is in the front, and then all of a sudden it was like, No, I want to get the podcasters together. It's like. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that that kind of <laughs> probably would be the better way to do it. And, so, it. and it worked out great just because of the mere fact that, you know, we both really didn't have anybody else to lean on this weekend, right. so it worked out great. But uh, let's let's get down to the brass tacks of the situation. Doctor Who, Capaldi's leaving. Oh, uh, yeah. But what, what are your thoughts, uh, feelings? Well, I discussed this, and this is my take, and when we were talking about this on the show when he first announced it. Um, yeah. I, first of all... And this is just my opinion alone. I I'm hoping he's not being pushed out, and that's my fear about it because I get the feeling because I remember when I was reading articles and stuff. He wanted to, he was like Colin Baker. He wanted to run the gauntlet as long as he could possibly can. And then when I heard he was leaving, and they took a year off, I'm just like, God, no, please don't tell me the BBC is trying to push him out. But I just uh, that that was my biggest fear because I like him. Right. I I I I, I genuinely like him because. We've all agreed that he is the classic who brought into the new. And that was something that was kind of scary at the thought because today if you were to start off the series with Tom Baker as the Doctor, that wouldn't fly. I mean, if you start with any of the classic Doctors, it wouldn't fly today. So to me, the 
hiring Moff, uh, I'm sorry, hiring Capaldi for the new series was something of a homage to people like myself who grew yeah. up pla- classic Who, yeah. and we were, and I liked him. I just think he got he, he got Colin Bakered, if that's even a word. He yeah. just got the bad rap. He's had some really bad stories, and this is all my opinion. Uh, yeah. uh, for all your fans out there who know who Clara is, Clara. I think she overstayed her welcome. I think he should add a new companion day, you know, series two after which. But yeah. uh, it's neither here nor there. Um, now, explain to me this year yeah. off thing. So it, the year off hasn't happened already, has it? Or no, has it's it? already happened. Okay, so that was when we, we had the Christmas episode, then we had no new who, then we had the new Christmas episode. Correct. Which, Correct. if I remember correctly, the new Christmas, the first Christmas episode was the one that introduced Help me! Help me out here with no, no, Capaldi. It, it, yeah, no, it's because Matt David uh, or uh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Uh, no, uh, for all you world police fans. Yeah, out there. Matt. Not David. Matt Kennedy. Smith. Matt, cool. Matt Smith. Cool. Thank cool. you. Cool. I'm having a brain fart. Matt Smith left it's on been a, a Christ- long convention. Man. It, ha- it has, <laughs> brother. It has. Matt Smith left on a Christmas episode. So then the next episode was just a regular Doctor story because that's when he woke up. And he didn't know who he was. He left on a, on a Christmas episode called Time of the Doctor. Time of the Doctor. And right. he, uh, people were a little frightened because it was his last regeneration. Yeah. Uh, how were they going to wrap this up? And apparently people knew that Capaldi was going to be uh, Doctor number 12, but they yeah. weren't sure how it was going to work. They were going to tie up this ideology that he's on his final regeneration, but we right. knew he was going to get... Give for a better term for all you golfers, he's going to be given a mulligan yeah. <laughs> and get a start all over. So uh, we have our opinions about time of the doctor from each of us. Some of them not so great, but you know we're, we're, we're kind of thankful that the series got to be going on. And yeah, we're going to be losing Capaldi this Christmas, right? So the irony to that, that but because um, we're going to have here in a couple weeks uh-huh. the new season starts so we're going to have this season with Capaldi Correct. and then Christmas episode will be the final one with Capaldi which and that's another thing I'm interested in are they at the Chris, the Christmas episode coming up this year are they going to have him regenerate and then end it being the new doctor and that's a very good question or is he going to like die at the beginning and have that episode be almost like they did with Tenet where Tennant, his first episode was a Christmas episode, and the whole episode was just basically introducing you to David Tennant. Well, he had the Christmas e- It was a two-parter. It was a Christmas episode and then a New Year's episode, which was kind of weird, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, and then Matt Smith at the end. If they're following the the same prime example, it'll be, and that's probably the way fans will want it. They will yeah. want their Capaldi episode to the full extent, and then we're going to see five minutes of the... Regeneration. Li- exactly, because we're not going to... I think that would be a mistake, because... They would want people to come back and see the new doctor. Right. Uh, they want to see what that person's going to be like. So it's going to be a teaser, just like they've done with previous regenerations. They're going yeah. to show a little bit, but we're not going to give you everything because otherwise, what's the next season? If you already know what the do- the, who the doctor is, is, you want to get the ratings, you want to get the people getting them excited, then you want to build up and have those webisodes, web, you know, everything out there. Then people talking around the pounds going, oh, who's the next doctor? What's he going to be? Or, in some cases, she like, uh, depending upon whose fandom you want to follow. But yeah, they, they, I'm sure the BBC, if they're following, they're going to make sure that the new Doctor is going to have just a tease, and that's it. Well, the other thing is, I think if you're the BBC, you have to really get down to brass tacks and do some amazing casting mm-hmm. because I, I'm with you. I, I really wanted Capaldi to be like. Uh, uh, Tom Baker and like run the gauntlet and be like a four or five year doctor and I, I kind of would like the new guy to do the same thing just because you know doctors it with new who anyway yeah. with new who have been very short-lived you get them for maybe two three seasons max and then you get a new one so mm-hmm. I'd like to see someone stick around for four or five years I, but here, here's my other retort to that. I'm wondering if that is a generational thing because back when it was Classic Who, uh, at least when I was growing up, I would watch it on PBS because mm-hmm. we that was the only access I had, and they played them out of order, and you know, right. that was kind of the, I got something on that too. <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of the only way you had it. But now with this new ADD generation. I'm wondering if they just can't handle having the same doctor for four or five. Years. Does that make any sense? Uh, to an extent, you got, I have to explain to people. BBC is the equivalent of PBS, so you got to yeah. imagine that if P- 
PBS has this amazing, successful science fiction series. Right. They're not going to get an Academy Award winner. They're not going to even meet that budget. It's PBS. It's their public uh, television station. Right. So they're going to find... And as far as the new reboots are concerned, I haven't had... You know, I've had my misgivings about episodes or, or writings and directings and such like that. Right. But I, I don't, we've never had a dud doctor. They're going to find somebody who... I, I don't want to say relatively unknown, but they're not going to be an A-lister. No. They're not going to have come out of Harry honest, Potter or something honest, like that. To be honest with you, I'm glad because I don't want them to get an A-lister. Like, let, let's just say for shits and giggles, right. we'll take what you just threw out there, Harry Potter. Yeah. So you get Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter himself to be the next doctor yeah. he comes with too much baggage and without Swi- with, with swiss army knife i don't think that's gonna happen. yeah you know swiss army man sorry swiss army man yeah like i just don't you know i don't i don't know i it, when you when you bring an actor like that to the table i think they bring too much baggage that's kind of like uh and i'm gonna butcher his name the african-american gentleman they keep saying they want to play james bond uh and he was in uh, thor i know what you're saying uh, idris it, it's, idris elba idris there you elba. go thank you sir yeah they keep saying they want him to come because they're like we would like to have an african-american doctor and i'm like i a i think that'd be really cool but the flip side of that coin he's been in so many movies now he's kind of got some cred like i just I feel like almost it might be a step down for him, if that makes any sense. No, that no, that totally makes sense. When yeah. you when you ascend to this role, yeah, and I do mean ascend because David Tennant, Christopher Eccleston, even though he had his own stuff, and definitely Matt Smith, yeah, and Peter Capaldi in some cases. I mean, he had his own series. He's an Academy Award winner. He didn't have to do this. He Peter did this Capaldi the, is it an Academy Award? He winner? is. He's not. It's not for acting. Uh, it's for directing. And I, I'm, I think it was a, a short clip or something like that. Oh, I haven't seen. But regardless, it, it, the dude's got an Academy Award. Doesn't matter what. Right. You get yeah. Exactly. And then he uh, he had. Uh, he has a love for this series. That's why he no. did it. He, I mean, when they when they gave him the role, he. Uh, when you see him at conventions, when you see him, there was a an episode on YouTube, yeah, where he literally walked into the Doctor Who museum, and there were a bunch of kids over there, and he talked to them at a time, like the Doctor, and he answered all their their questions like the Doctor, not oh, like wow. Peter, like yeah, the, the doctor. doctor. He, you know, he was. He he did this for the kids, and he had a love, a big love for the fan. He still does. Well, did you see the episode of the Graham Norton show where they actually showed him his letter that he wrote to the yes, Doctor Who yes, fan I club did. when he was like six or something? So that's the guy you kind of want to to take over the role. You want somebody that's got a love for this character and is a fan of the character. I think that adds a whole new gimmick, a whole new layer to the whole kit and caboodle. But uh, I don't know. I'm just really, really... But, nervous, but that's how the series or, yeah. became a success because all those kids who grew up with Doctor Who, yeah, back when it ran for its first twenty six years, right. all of them: Russell T. Davis, Stephen Moffat, yeah. uh, Chris Chibnall, all the writers, uh, all of them came back. They were fans of the series, yeah. And it seems that it looks like, and I'm not speaking for RTD, but I think when he brought it back, he said, I'm not going to let this die again. Yeah. And they did everything. When you have that kind, it's one thing to go out and do, and I'm going to be opinionated by this, but let's say we do Star Trek movies, but if you don't have the sincere love for it, or say you do, but, uh, but with Doctor Who, the entire team, grew up with that it was their it was their childhood and they said well we're going to put it back we're going to make sure that it becomes other people's childhoods for years and years and years to come so it had that advantage right and they were trying to still appease i mean russell t could have gone and rebooted the whole thing he could have said uh chris eccleson's gonna be doctor who number one we're gonna start all over scratch but i think that leaving the last 26 years in the tv movie in was a brilliant idea for not only new fans, but for classic fans who, like myself, who like who grew up with the series. It wasn't popular yeah. with my high school. I can't walk around with fezes and sonic screwdrivers and bow ties. I'd be I'd be laughed out. Yeah. Back then, today, I see kids walking around Disney World or Publix or Walmart, yeah. and they're wearing it and they're wearing it with Lee. And and as I mentioned to on our panels, I said. Listen, every time I see one of those kids come out over there, that's my childhood coming back. Yeah. And saying, you know what? Told you so. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm ha- I'm happy to see that. Well, and- I also think from a marketing standpoint, it's great to keep all that stuff intact because now you've got people like myself that 
were more into the new Who than the classic Who. Yeah. That are now going back and watching exactly. classic episodes. So that if if you're the BBC, you got to think that's great marketing because now they're repackaging them and they're selling them mm-hmm. and they're even fixing them. Like BBC just did. I want to say it was called the. The Power of the Daleks? The, the, po- was- the Power of the Daleks, yeah. yeah. They're finding classic episodes uh, from in Nigeria. Yeah. Because th- back then, the BBC didn't have enough storage space for all these episodes, so they did something called wiping. Okay. So they did this to the first, the second, and somewhat of the third Doctor to try to make space. Okay. Uh, they thought the episodes were lost forever. Now they're popping up all over the place on people's VCRs, yeah. on people's... Uh, uh, places where they premiered them they're they're stu- locked in the locker so hopefully over time we will get to see them all before i kick it i was always told that the reason that we lost all the episodes is there was a fire like there was a a a, a bbc warehouse that had a lot of these tapes and there no, was a no, fire no, no, no. so they wiped them they, they wiped purpose. them out yeah this is this is all news this is all this is all known yeah i mean yeah. you could wikipedia it or google it yeah, they, okay. they did wiping just to clear some space and unfortunately all that history all that stuff has been lost they didn't think any you know they didn't think anything about it and they just said we're just making more space back then today gold bricks yeah diamonds in the rough i mean if we can find them they'll do them and uh some of it can't be restored as far as visual but the audio is still there so now they can make uh animated animated series and hopefully one day uh, depending on your point of view, uh, for I think it was Grand Marshal Tarkin from Star Wars. Yes, they brought back Peter Cushing. Yes, and that became a morality question. Yeah, um, but who's not to say that that might be the direction we're heading? Oh, you mean with like doing the classic episodes, doing with CGI, doing with yeah. CGI actors, and then just filling in the audio exactly. to make it work? You know, I could see that just because of the mere fact. Then at least it would be in HD and good quality because. I'm not going to lie, Power of the Daleks was hard for me to get through. And I'm a Doctor Who fan, and I think it might have been the animation style more than anything else. Because mm-hmm. the story was fine, the audio was fine. I almost think I would have been better off listening to it like an audio book, like right. Big Finish or something. Like doing it like that, just because the the animation style just really took me out of the whole thing. It, 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 well, you got to think back then, too, the, the the way that they do the format now, it was right. every episode had to have a cliffhanger. I think right. there were like 30-minute episodes, and each one of them had to have a cliffhanger at the end. And back then, I, I'll, I'll confess, when I watched Tom Baker, sometimes I fell asleep. They were long episodes, and I wanted to see the doctor. A lot of filler. Yeah. A lot of, exactly, a lot of filler. Yeah. And I wanted to see the episodes, and sometimes I fell asleep watching the series. But I meant I wanted to see the doctor. I wanted to see the good stories. Yeah. You know, too long on that evil guy. Come on, we already, already know he's evil. But, yeah. you know, we had to see what was going on. And it, it, to me, that, you know, I, when I saw in the theaters, I... I probably, if I saw that at home in its fullness, I would probably fall asleep. But for me, that was I was geeking out. Oh, did you go to the theater and watch I it? I watched it in the theater, yeah. yeah. Well, that was probably good just because it was all together in one long shoot. If you have the geekdom in the same theater watching either Doctor Who or Marvel or yeah. any type of you, or, or Disney, even Disney movies, yeah. I, I've seen them cast members, that movie becomes ten times better because the audience reception to it is better is so much better i will say one of the best experiences i ever had and i don't know if if you guys put it on or who did but they had a watch party for day of the doctor over in orlando uh-huh. and it was like at a little actually to be honest with you it was a sports bar of all things but i guess the 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 Whovians of orlando do it every year and they do it for all the episodes but I, I was like, you know, this is Day of the Doctor. It's going to be this, you know, hour and a half long, basically our, our version of 50th anniversary special right. with Tennant and with uh, Matt Smith. So I'm like, I got to go. And watching it with a room full of Whovians made a night and day difference. Yeah. And they actually they showed the 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 movie, the BBC movie about the the starting of Doctor Who and the first Doctor that they had made Correct. Uh, before that as well so i mean it was a great afternoon i had a very lovely time um i think i think the convention uh, you're talking about is actually hurricane who and i think they did it at the poor house yes they did it was the poor house so maybe it was hurricane and you were there i was there yeah i was there we were in the same room oh i'm sure (laughs) it it, because uh i was there wibbly wobbly yeah exactly (laughs) we 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 i was definitely there because i went and i checked it out because i it's a double-edged sword. I would love to do that more, mm-hmm. but it's the the example of the poorhouse is like an hour from my house each way, so right. it's like a two-hour drive. But I, I do enjoy it. I just wish 
where we live in Winter Haven, and maybe there is a big Whovian uh, contingency, and I just I haven't found the right I've hit the right button or found the the pulse of it yet. But I wish there was more things locally like that for us in Polk County, where these nerd things where we could do them all together. Because I think it does make a difference. Yeah, it's really hard to like we're here in Bradenton, yeah, and there is a big geekdom, and I'm you know. Bless it to Maria. She's she's done a great job running this convention over here, and uh, hopefully it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. But you know these smaller conventions that we've that we've worked with and partnered with, uh, you know you try to help them out as much as you can, and hopefully we can hang on to that fandom. Yeah, fan love, like Tom Baker said, that it's hard love. It's diehard love. They, yeah. they, they, you know as long as you can get the right, right venue, and you you have the love and passion that they have to bring to your convention yeah. they'll be coming over and over and over again to see the new actors they'll see the new episodes and, and, and just basically geek out with everybody in that venue so nice well here's the thing have you been able to watch class at all yes we actually did a, a seri- we actually did a couple episodes of reviews on class Oh, did you? Yes. What, what were because I haven't watched yet. But what what were your your thoughts okay. so far? Well, in our episodes, we uh, my thought on this is well, first of all, I feel bad kind of because it's going to premiere with Doctor Who on BBC America. Yes, and they've already said there's no series two. <laughs> oh, so ba- they've already canceled they, it. They've already said at least for right now there will be no series two. They they it's on hiatus, possibly just cancellation. I, in my personal opinion, so much potential. So much cluster, okay. Uh, and uh, I'll I'll just reiterate, and we and we actually have an episode of class. If you get to see it, then you um, your audience can actually download our episodes of the reviews. You know, at which a how time. do they find find your stuff? Uh, Mark who, uh, yeah, we got a ton of it. Markhu forty two dot net for the website. Markhu forty two lives uh, on Facebook, and then you just simply put Markhu forty two at Markhu forty two uh, for Twitter. Nice. And they can actually download the apps now. We've got it for the Google Play Store, for for the Apple Store. We also are on Facebook, uh, iTunes, and Twitter. So you guys are more than welcome to check it out. But, yeah, we do have two episodes that review class since we got the chance to, uh, got the chance to see them. And uh, for, your, for your listeners, I'll do this as a bit of an exclusive. Um, I felt that... They had a potential, and they just kind of lost out on it. Like they squandered it. Like yeah, they, they had well, the you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I, I, and I don't want to spoil it too much for yeah. people. But uh, if because they can listen to the review afterwards, yeah. if they had more of a focus, and you're more than welcome to challenge me on this, I'm, yeah. I'm, if they had more of a focus on one particular character instead of all of them. Exactly. Yeah, I, that was what I was worried about when they said it was going to be an ensemble piece. Yeah. And I just figured, because here's the thing, you, it's a spinoff of Doctor Who, but they're also making it for, a, a, it seemed to me, like a little bit more mature of an audience. Mm-hmm. And then also, it might be an audience that doesn't know much about Doctor Who, so you got all this exposition of these aliens, these monsters, who the Doctor is, right. on top of... All that exposition on top of introducing, I think there was five or six main characters. There, there Something was a like bunch. That, yeah, I'm so to do off the top of my head, but I'm like, literally, it, it gets to the point where it's too much. I mean, True Blood was the epitome of that the last few seasons because basically it was with True Blood, you got ten minutes with each set of characters. So basically, right. out of a fifty-minute episode, you got five ten-minute segments, and each ten minutes was okay. Here's ten minutes with you know. Uh, two sets of characters over here and there's 10 minutes with this character and there's 10 minutes with that character and it was like what the fuck like it, yeah, it, well, it, you, it, it bounced around so much it got to be confusing as shit is well what you it can do doing. that as long as I think that should be something maybe in the second or third series yeah. as opposed to the first yeah. because because uh, you gotta lay the groundwork in that first a- exactly season. and they tried to lay out the groundwork but then they kind of went into their own directions and you can still kind of go with it but the focus of what I wanted from the series got so convoluted. Yes. And the uh, I, I was uh, and if anybody has listened to the review, uh, it, it, the main character I think should have been the focus. Yeah. And that person became kind of part of the cluster. Yeah. And I think if if you guys listen to the review, you'll you'd understand more after we do uh, after you see the uh, the premiere, after you see uh, the the entire series. I think if they had stuck to focusing on one person as opposed to the whole team and made them part of each different stories, maybe in the second and the third season, and gave their strengths. Right. Because I wanted the, – the whole title is called Class. 
And that's, uh, first of all, I thought it was an acronym for something. It was. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. But they had a setting in a class. They had a setting at a school. Right. And that kind of lost focus. So what I wanted more was the teacher-student type thing right. that the doctor kind of has with the companions. Okay. But now we kind of had this new character introduced. Okay. And she's not happy about the situation. But the more that that person evolves with the kids the more that she learns and they learn in retrospect and that's where i wanted the class to come in yeah that's where i wanted it to take off and that just kind of sauntered off and went away when it became their own stories which is fine but that should have been something that would brought in later then we could see the background on their side and how everything interacts with the main character yeah had they done that i think that would have been a better well the other the other thing too i I wished when when I saw it and when they announced it, I wanted them to be in college. Like, I wanted them to be older. I wanted a mature Doctor Who show. I think what I really, truly wanted was, like, Torchwood Part 2. Is like something Which I think everybody wanted. Yeah. yeah. They were they were looking for the new Torchwood, and they weren't getting a Torchwood. They were getting a class. Yeah. And then it was like, well, that's not going to work. Cause, and, and, and since we brought it up, we'll get into that. What, what do you think about Torchwood? What's your feelings on Torchwood? I think it can be brought back. I think uh, I mean they're they're in talks right now. They were, they brought it back, and we're, we we actually saw them at our booth. Our big finish audio. So they brought it back with the individual characters. Right. Uh, I think there is potential for it to come back. I think with Miracle Day, they tried too hard, and they tried so hard to hit it with the story arc. Now, one of the things RTD said was that the Torchwood universe and the Doctor Who universe would work together. Right. That there there would be no, these separate universes, and he tried so hard that the stories would somehow interact in the Doctor's world. Right. It, for Torchwood Miracle Day to happen, all that where nobody dies. Yeah. There is no way that the Doctor would have known this, and it was taking place during his time frame. So that kind of spoofed out a lot of the fandom going like, okay, well, you, you say this, and you don't say that. Yeah. And the story arc, what should have happened is, you could still have the story arc, yeah. but... A little bit more subtly, that story arc, I think, should have came in the last three episodes okay. as to pose what happened to a lead-up so that people who are new to the series, yeah. because people are just going into stars and going like, oh, there's this new series Torchwood called Torchwood, yeah. they should be able to come into episode five and six as if they were coming into episode one and kind of feel and know the characters offhand. Yeah. I didn't think they got that. There was no way you could have walked into the episode and, and not be completely lost. So I could see where people may have had a hard time getting it. Well, just so so you know, I'm all caught up on New Who. Torchwood, I watched season one. I'm almost done with season two because the, the everybody tells me the triumph of Torchwood as a whole is uh, Children of Earth. They get the yes. title right. Everybody says like that is like the shining jewel of Torchwood. It is like so. I'm just I'm basically trying to get to there mm-hmm. and then watch Miracle Day. And it's and I'm not gonna lie. I understand why it got canceled. Like those first two seasons of Torchwood. Holy shit! Yeah. they are all like you'll have one that's like my god, that is the best thing going, and the exactly. next one is just a shit soup. And it's like. <laughs> How did you go from like this amazing storytelling, amazing writing, just great characters to like in the next episode it's a Cyberman woman in a bikini? It's like, what the fuck? Well, I, 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 yeah. I, I kind of like the. Uh, I, I know you probably didn't appreciate it. I, I wasn't crazy at first, but I kind of like those episodes because they they went into the darker side of humanity. Yeah, that, that's the whole point because there ha- there's this organization, but they have their own neuroses. They have their own little dark secrets yeah. and if they come to the fruition of their team you know like it's going to change them they, they're yeah. supposed to be above the law you know outside outside of everything and and taking care of themselves but it is a good question what who watches the watchmen when they go insane yeah so i i really love those episodes and I, I know some of them didn't bold with me as well yeah but oh my god the second episode you know an alien that lives off orga- as orgasmic energy where, where are you gonna find that but that was the so. thing, like the first like the first episode, and I'm just saying, like, when I started it, the first episode, I'm like, wow, this is this is great, it's got potential, and I love John Behrman. Period. Yeah. End of fucking sentence. Oh, everybody I love does. The guy. And I loved a Captain Jack. He's probably my favorite hands down companion. I'm like, I just love Captain Jack. So and happy hour fans, if you want to hear how much 
I love Captain Jack and also more with Christian. Hang tight through this commercial break, and we'll be right back after we pay some bills with more of Christian from Mark Who 42, bringing you the Hooniverse and beyond. Coming right back at you after this quick word from our sponsors. This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Buster Cherry Tattoo and Boutique, award-winning artist, pinup and pop culture specialist, tattoo and piercing, permanent and temporary makeup, hottest styles of vintage clothing, and much, much more. Find them in Bradenton, Florida and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Buster Cherry Tattoo at 606 Manatee Avenue, Bradenton, Florida, 34205. And what's their number, Deuce? Give them a call at 941-725-4045. That's Buster Cherry Tattoo and Boutique. And don't forget to tell them that the Happy Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Retro Retro Game Game Treasure. Retro Game Treasure is an amazing monthly subscription service. They send you custom tailored boxes straight to your door from the video games that you love. You go on there, you have a wish list, you have your console of choice. They'll send you games from an assortment of consoles like NES, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, Sega CD, Sega Dreamcast, Sega Game Gear, Game Boy Color, Xbox, PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, GameCube, and many more. And what, what do the listeners of the Happy Hour get, Deuce? Put in Happy Hour in the promo box, and you'll get $2 off your order. Remember, with Retro Game Treasure, you get classic video games delivered every month. Go to RetroGameTreasure.com, pick your consoles, set your preferences, and add to your wish list. And don't forget to tell them that the Happy, Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. And we're back from that quick break with more Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce with Christian from Mark Who 42 bringing you the Hooniverse and beyond. And like I was saying before we went to break about my love for Captain Jack, I loved him, so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to watch his show. But that first season was rough. Rough with the capital. Rough. Really? Okay. At least in my opinion. No, that's fine. In the second series, I, I think it's in the second episode. Have you seen an episode called Meat? Which one? What was the... the uh, where meat. where the meat came from? That's all I'm gonna say because I'll give too much away. Okay, I'm not a hundred percent sure to be honest with you. The last one I watched, I want to say it's like episode seven or eight, okay. and it's where she's pregnant. It's where oh okay, I don't it's, even her, think it's, it's her wedding day and she's pregnant. Yeah, the episode meat made me a vegetarian for about half an hour. Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> but it, but it's stories like that that are so yeah. powerful that they can hit home and it's. Yeah, I, 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 there, there are a couple uh, Torchwood episodes. I, yeah. You know, that's for every series. But yeah, I, uh, yeah, I still kind of love it because it was the daring. It what these were the episodes that you could not put on Doctor mm-hmm. Who. There, there was no way in hell. Yeah, and I think also for like episode, uh, shows like Class, and if you remember the Sarah Jane Adventures. Uh, which is one of the things the downfalls for class is because with Sarah Jane you had a companion from Doctor Who, so there was a vested, there was still a vested interest interest in from Doctor Who with Captain Jack. He was a companion of the Doctor, and he became more Doctor-ish when yeah. he started Torchwood. With class, we had no vested interest. I mean, Capaldi yeah. was in there for about ten minutes, and I, I, honestly, no offense to the talent on that show, but that was the best ten minutes of the episode. But so it was when Capaldi showed up, exactly because he was the one that basically had started the ball rolling yeah and that that was kind of the thing i was worried about too because like all the ads i had seen showed capaldi now to be honest even giving me the information you just gave me that it's on hiatus and may quote unquote maybe be canceled yeah uh i'm still gonna watch it just because uh, usually when bbc brings doctor who back that's usually like my sci-fi night because usually they put it back to back with something bbc america is smart enough to know when you have a powerhouse of a show like doctor who yeah that put something else sci-fi on along with it and that that's going to grow some legs because people are going to watch see i kind of beg to differ on that one okay because i actually think if class was going to get an international and especially some help i think during the downtime for doctor who class should have had its own thing 
Yeah, I think it should have started up there. Because people are fiending for Doctor Who. There's no Doctor exactly. Who to be found. Go ahead and give him, give that to him. Let him scratch the itch. Also, it might have helped him because of the mere fact if you release it internationally, the same time you're airing it locally, maybe the ratings internationally would have been enough to be like, you know what, it didn't do great here in London, right. but it did good in the States and in other places, so let's renew it and maybe give it a reduced budget or figure out a way to keep it going because I've gotten to the point now, unless I really, really like love the idea of a show, I won't even watch it unless it's been renewed for a second season. It's it's and it's actually funny you say that because yeah. this is when we were talking about earlier Capaldi getting kicked out yeah. because possible low ratings. His ratings were okay. Yeah. But if you look his ratings on an international he has the highest ratings on BBC America. He yeah. has the highest ratings on, I think it's Space Canada. Yeah. He has the highest rating. He did phenomenally well ar- across the world. He just didn't do phenomenally well. He didn't do well, well in the in homeland. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay. All right, um, so. Yeah, so, no, and I, I feel you 110% on that. Um, and, and that's the thing. I just, I have so many questions with him leaving that I kind of would love answers. But I think it's one of those things where we won't find out for like five or six years. Prime example uh, Christopher Eccleston, like when yep. he left, it was very abrupt. Nothing happened. Then come three or four years later, you you kind of get the real story that you know him and BBC weren't getting along. Um, that you know he kind of was just like, all right, I I can't do this anymore. And the schedule's too crazy. Like I just you right. know, um, and you got the truth of the matter because at the beginning. It it, it it smelled fishy, but everybody was being politically correct about it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, our geekdom freaked out because yeah. right before the premiere, he says, I'm leaving Doctor Who. And we all thought, oh, God, that's, that's you know, that's uh, that's the National Enquirer saying, you know, yeah. that he's leaving, you know, just to gander some interest or something like that or just to some more magazine. But no, it was legit, and we were all freaking out. Just like, you're only going to stay for one series? Jeez. Yeah. And, and, and he did have... A geekdom that kind of like felt like you know what the heck? Don't you know anything about Doctor Who? You're going to be at least on there for three or four years, and then that's when you want to tank yeah. out and leave. But at the moment that the series started, he was at the helm. If we didn't have Christopher Eccleston, we wouldn't be up to year ten with the new series. So right. we got to pay homage to the guy. No, and I love the guy to death. And, and let me let me ask you this then: a sure. hard hitting question. Your thoughts on the whole thing with Christopher Eccleston and maybe why he left? Well, I, it, it's a tough say, but he at least he came out and said, listen, there were some upper echelons that I could not get along with. I mean, I had to think of my own life. I mean, most people, w- why do they leave a job? They've actually done surveys on this. The, yeah. the number because one they reason. they can't get along with their boss. Exactly. Yeah. So why would Chris be any different? I mean, Fair when enough. you when you take on a job, yeah. you think this is going to happen. Oh, it's going to be a family. And I'm the new guy. Yeah. But the bosses are coming down and and doing things allegedly that we've heard. Yeah, I would have probably done the same thing. I mean, even though we think actors on a higher scale because of a, a, a people's thought process, and especially on the in the geekdom world, you know, they're human just like us. Yeah. And if the boss is giving you hell, yeah, you're going to leave. Yeah. Uh, the only difference is, it's uh, you know, if I leave uh, my grocery store. You know, nobody's going to stop shopping. <laughs> nobody's going to stop shopping. And exactly. you can probably find another grocery store exactly. to work at. You can't find another Doctor Who to work on. You exactly. know what I mean? So I, and I get that part. And and that's funny because I didn't know that part because I was late to the party. Like, mm-hmm. let, let me tell you my Doctor Who story. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. For, for my new to Who, as they like to call it, I had watched it once or twice when, you know, in high school, middle school years on PBS because the problem was our PBS here locally in Polk County – you got the USF PBS channel out of Tampa, and then you got a PBS channel that was out of Orlando, which I think might have been UCF's PBS channel. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was all over the place. Like, none of them really did. Like, this one might have Doctor Who on Saturday night at 11 o'clock or something. And right. this one might have done Doctor Who, like, at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning. And and it might not even stay the same. Like, the next week it might be 10 a.m. Sunday morning. Or, mm-hmm. like, they... It, they didn't have it like scheduled like you know most tv channels like let's say a cw i know every monday night eight o'clock supergirl's gonna come on but pbs kind of yeah. runs by its own rules so they would and because it was doctor who and they didn't give a shit they just kind of shoved it wherever so i only got very very little taste then fast forward to uh 
Well, I did watch the uh, the Doctor Who TV movie that was on Fox. Okay. All the way through, and I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and thought I was gonna. I was like, well, "What the fuck? Why aren't we? Why is it this becoming a TV series? Why are we not getting more of this?" And then it was just because it was kind of a pricey for for Fox, for to, Fox to keep on going. But not only that, but somebody had the brilliant idea. I don't know if you know this story. Somebody had the brilliant idea to put it up against the series finale of a TV show called Roseanne back then. Are you fucking no. kidding me? That's dumb as hell. Because Roseanne was yeah, Well, big. it depends on your point of view because yeah. people who are going to be watching the series finale, and it's big. The only way you're going to counter that is probably put a sci-fi. You know, you're this channel that's going like, okay, yeah. everybody's going to be watching Roseanne. What can I put on its place? It's counter-programming, basically. It's counter-programming. Yeah. It makes sense on that re- logic. But if you're starting a new series, that's probably not a good idea to put a, a, the series that everybody loves and is going to be watching the finale on. You probably want to wait a week later. That, But I, I, get the, I get the logic. I get the logic, and the only other counter-logic to that is – you're doing a new series of a series that everybody loves. It's Doctor Who. And, right. And, and Whovians, I mean, even back then, there was a big Whovian fan base. So that part I get. But I watched that, thought it was cool, and then nothing ever happened. I'm like, well, what the fuck? Then, the, now, you got to remember, this was two, when did New Who start? 2000, 2005. Five. Okay. 2005, it was on Sci-Fi Channel for the first, for the mm-hmm. first series. So I've watched most all of the first series, and I, I kind of fell off just because of work and other things. Yeah. But then it moved to BBC America. Yep. And at the time, Bright House in Polk County did not carry BBC America. Okay. So then I was just shit out of luck. So basically, we didn't get BBC America until uh, Matt Smith started being the doctor, and that's kind of where I jumped in on was with Matt Smith, and it was probably year two of Matt Smith. Okay. And then once I started watching that, I'm like, I really dig this. And then what I started doing is I would, at lunchtime, watch an episode of Doctor Who on Netflix mm-hmm. while I was eating my lunch. Because, and it was perfect because Doctor Who is one of those shows, like, if anybody walks by while you're watching it at your desk, doesn't matter. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's not gonna, it's not like somebody's going to be having sex or saying the F word or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay. yeah, because yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, because there's shows that I would never, like, try and get away with, like, watching my desk at work. But that's, like, it's it's a kid's show. It's kid safe, yeah. It's kid safe and it's work safe. Like, it's like if somebody walks by, they're not going to be like, what the fuck? I mean, it might be a crazy monster or something, mm-hmm. but it's not, you know. Um, or if Captain Jack's in the episode. <laughs> yeah, if Captain Jack's in the episode, that's true. Uh, uh, yeah, I did get dicey on a couple of those. Did, uh, you want to hear a crazy story sp- okay. speaking of PBS and all their channels? Uh, I had a former boss at work. We'll, we'll, we'll just call her Erica. <laughs> um, she she it drove her nuts a little bit because I had this love for Doctor Who and it was coming back. Yeah. And at one point... This is what drove her nuts. She just she could not understand the fandom. She couldn't understand the geekdom or the popularity. At one point, it was on Sci-Fi Channel. It was yeah. on BBC America, and it was on my local PBS. Was it really? Yes. The new episodes. The new episodes. They, really? They start well. They were behind, but they start with Eccleston. I think they were trying to see if they could get the audience back on PBS, but. They said, oh, Doctor Who's going to be PBS. So I thought it was a classic series. I was yeah. like, oh, okay, well, we got the new series. PBS is going to start channeling Search. up the classic. Yeah. No, it was Eccleston. I was really? like, you Now, this watch- was in Orlando because you live in Orlando. Yeah, and this was the yeah, Orlando yeah. TV. I think it was WMFE or, or something like that. But I just remember, it like, it's like, yeah, I can watch Doctor Who on anything now. It's on yeah. three different channels. I was like, what the hell is about this show? What's going on? I said, yeah, we're back. <laughs> We're so, definitely back. So let me let me ask you that because you, you there was an interesting nugget in there. So you're saying, and I'm going to say this was maybe season two, it was on Sci-Fi Channel and BBC America at the same time? Yes. And then what what happened with that to where it finally just went a straight I, BBC I America only? It, it, I, I think, it, well, it's their own show, and I think they were probably testing the waters of their own channel. And here's Doctor Who coming back. Yeah. So I think they gave it to Sci-Fi and Sci-Fi, hey, go ahead and check it test us out yeah. in the meantime we've got this new channel we're going to try to do but once we are up and running we're going to take it from you and we're going to bring it back yeah. regard uh, bb uh, doctor who no matter which episode no matter which doctor so yeah. far has had the highest rated on that uh tv series i'm sorry on, on the, that on network the, on, on that network well, well you got to think because bbc network really doesn't have anything else the only thing they had in my opinion i wouldn't say that well the only thing they had that ever came close in my opinion was uh orphan black Orphan Black was great, but I mean, what? Now, what as far as geekdom or just other shows? Just on the, any, okay. anything on BBC America. Tell, what do you got? Uh, I would say Luther, Ripper Street, uh, the Graham Norton Show, 
I meant uh, I'm not big on cars, but I would see you watching Top Gear. I I, I do. And now like that they got Top Matt Gear. LeBlanc on there, yeah. I think you you would the new Top Gear I probably need to try out because you're right. I it's one of those shows I've been meaning to try. Just there's just not enough time in the day. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I gotta give you I give you Luther because Luther, if from what everybody says, is really good and yeah. it's on Netflix now, so I want to watch that. Ripper Street, it, I'll give it to you when I watch it. Uh, just okay. because everybody, I mean, it looks cool. Like I like the time period. I like the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't have the extra time. Orphan Black was really good, even though it fell off. But the first two or three, seasons you're not going to believe great. this. I actually, yeah, I kind of watched the two first two series of Orphan Black, and I've kind of fallen from grace. Yeah, Ripper Street, I was kind of iffy, and then I started loving it. Yeah, and I'm trying to watch new series on. Um, I, I, and it, it, it's just one of those things, you know, being a podcaster yourself, yeah. where the hell are you going to get time to start a new geekdom? Yeah, and exactly. And that's the biggest thing. Like, I, I'm not even going to lie. My my reward to myself tonight when I finally get home and get packed from everything is I'm going to start Iron Fist and try and watch as many of those as I can before I have to go to bed because uh, Iron Fist dropped this weekend. But, I mean, when you've got the Netflix shows, you've got, you know, the stuff that's on regular TV, and then on top of all that, you've got, uh, um, you know, er- all the other forms of media out there we consume. Plus, I mean, you got to eat and you got to pay your bills and you got to do exactly. these podcasts. You know, there's only so much time in the day. So at a certain point, you just got to be like, all right, fuck it, man. I got I to gotta cut bait. Because that's exactly what happened with me and Orphan Black. I got through the first three seasons. This is the final season, season five, I believe. And then yeah. four, I didn't watch any of. So it's like, well, if I want to go back and finish, I can. And I may even wait until Netflix on it. just because. But BBC America, in my opinion, they if they were smart, they would double down on the sci-fi stuff. Mm-hmm. And they've had some stuff that they got rid of that just boggled my mind like the nerdist like they had live it would be they would have um doctor who and then afterwards they would have live uh the nerdist which also i think they're missing a huge boat on they need to do a talking dead style show after um doctor who with chris hardwick they tried to and i don't know if they stopped but they i think they did it once i think it was talking who or something like that yeah and for whatever reason they stopped and they just, oh, okay. yeah. Uh, they, they, they <laughs> that, just, that hot whiff of death you got came from me, brother. <laughs> uh, I'll apologize. You know, I'll be the first one to claim it. That that straight uh, up, guys. I apologize. To, number one to Christian, <laughs> to you at home for having to listen about my my gastrointestinal problems. But I well, at least you don't have to be here whiffing. <laughs> yeah, ex- at least uh. at least it's 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 only an audio podcast. It's not a, a a smelling podcast because I haven't eaten anything that hasn't come out of a bag or a box in like two days. Plus we had all. Oh, you could eat ribs last night. So yeah. that was that was atrocious. I, I was putting the blame on somebody else, but now that you've claimed it, no, can, I claimed it because I, I can yeah, we turn the AC a little bit. Quick? Yeah, like as soon oh. as, as it hit the poor kid, I was like, I'm, I'm gonna have to let him know what's I, up. Because no, I was actually somebody just walked behind us, and I yeah. thought they they did a drive by. They did a like, drive by. Yeah, and, and, you know, you thought you could, got Deuce could have not said there. anything. Yeah. And I would have not no, man, anything. I can't do it. I, I can't do anybody dirty like that. But uh, uh, well, you did. Well, yeah, we're bunk mates here too. Exactly. So it's it's gonna sit here for a hot minute. Oh, yeah, that's good stuff. But, no, like, I just thought they always missed the boat with not doing, like, a Talking Dead-style show, especially because they have such a good relationship with Chris Hardwick because mm-hmm. Chris Hardwick does all the BBC America, Doctor Who stuff at, like, Comic-Con, Megacon, all the big cons. On top of that, they did – I don't know if they did three seasons or two seasons of a Nerdist show because they had the Nerdist show, which I think was perfect, and I think – when they they screwed it up by changing it. Like, originally, what they'd do is they'd have Doctor Who, right? Right. And then afterwards, they would have a Nerdist show. But basically what it was, it was pretty much just like the Nerdist podcast live. Like, it was him. It was Jonah, I can't stand him, Ray. Yeah. And then it was the, the heavy set guy that's with him. No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I, I think it's just because, well, first of all, Talking Dead. And, and I'm not downing Doctor Who against, you know, another genre. Yeah. But Walking Dead has got the American. It, it's in its home base. And yeah. the ratings for it are through the roof, especially with the recent Negan, uh, Negan, Negan Bash yeah. episode. That the, the ratings have just been astronomical. They're, they're a so juggernaut. I, I, yeah. So I'm going to give kudos to where it is. And not too much to defend uh, Chris, but 
you know, he goes on convention tours. He goes to, I, I think he's, I'm not doubting him at all for saying this, and, and I'm actually giving him kudos. I think he's going where the money's at. Because yeah. the BBC, even though it is highly reputable, has great content, uh, when you put Doctor Who, as far as ratings are concerned, up against The Walking Dead... Yeah, it's a nine-day difference. Yeah, there's yeah. a nine-day difference. Not downing Doctor Who at all, it just yeah. has a different audience yeah. and has a different appeal to it. Plus, Walking Dead is on uh, is on a really great crestway, but that can yeah. always change. Anything can happen. Well, Chris, and, and so. much love to Chris, Chris is actually getting a new show on AMC and I, I, I want to say he said the name is Talking Chris, but I could be wrong. But basically, it's he a, had a game show for one point, didn't he? He still does the wall. He does. Okay, oh, have I you seen, seen that shit? No, I haven't. Oh, dude, I gotta text you when that shit comes on. It's it's basically fucking plachinko, is what it is. Like you got your little thing and you drop and it bounces uh-huh. down and then it goes down into the bottom and then you you, you whatever it hits is the money you make. Um, but that show is awesome and he's great at that show. And I guess. Chris Hardwick has this ability that you just love the motherfucker. Like, you really do. Like, I mean, I've yet to walk up to anybody and be like, I fucking hate Chris Hardwick. Like, just everybody loves that guy. Like, he's got his moments. Okay, okay. <laughs> that, might be, that, the might, first. that might be yeah. some jealousy talking, too. Oh, so okay, like, okay. But, I mean, if, if you take the hate out of the game and really look yeah. at it, I'm like, wow. Like, this no, guy. And yeah. I don't blame him one bit. I mean, if, yeah. if the roles were reversed, I would yeah. be like, yeah. I'm like, I, I you know, I. Yeah. I so what? I mean, this is the way it happened, and yeah. I, I, and I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think his friend Craig Hurls, uh, Craig Ferguson, yeah. gave him the boost up there. So, well, I, I think number one that the guy is just phenomenal, and two, the one thing I love about the guy is, like I said, he just can take something, put his hands on it, and he turns it into gold. Because right. at least with like the Nerdist. He worked on that thing so long, and then it finally is blown up and become this empire. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you know, him getting his own show on AMC. The I'm calling it Talking Chris because I swear I thought that's what he said it was, but I like it that he's just gonna do I'm, just a, basically like a talk show. Every I'm not week. gonna diss the man. Yeah. He he found he found the wave. He hit the wave right when it hit. Yeah, and it's still riding. So yeah. I'm not. You know, that's just for any of us. I mean, if yeah. you take off, if I take off, yeah. I, I'm not going to down anybody who who got their, who found it, who found their niche. Yeah. So uh, I mean, and especially people. I know you guys work hard. That's not yeah. even a question. Yeah. I mean, for us, when we're just pounding away, going to these conventions, trying to hit it, get the audiences, yeah. trying to keep the audiences. Uh, I see how everybody, all of our local podcasters, and I'm yeah. talking to everybody like Kimmy Riley and and the the, the I think the Powell team. Okay. Uh, and if I forgot your names, guys, sorry. It's, my brain is on a Sunday yeah. morning rush, yeah. but I mean, everybody I see busting their butts trying to be a success as we're trying to be. You know, and and if you make it, I can't. Who am I to tell you? You know, to, yeah, to go a, screw off because you yeah. guys found it. And I agree 110% because it's one of those things where, like, we're all kind of in this boat together. And, I f- and I'm just going to be completely honest and blunt. I found there's two types of podcasters out there. Okay. There's the guys like me and you that are looking out for each other, that are really happy when somebody gets successful and just, just keep plugging away. Right. And then there's the guys that get fucking bitter. And they just are like, oh, well, you know, this show's doing better than me, but I've been on longer, and I, 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 I think I deserve more. It's that, that I, I, I deserve a trophy generation. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I've been working at this, and, you know, I had this idea first, and, you know, okay, you may have had the idea first, but you didn't fucking execute it properly. Like, a prime example, you come up with a name for something, that's great, but if I take the name and do better with it than you did, who won that one? Right. I won that one because I executed it better. And you're you're just the guy that came up with a name or whatever it is. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of just bitter-ass podcasters out there. I, well, I, 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 we're kind of more of a family when it comes to things like that. See, we and, are too. And I, I don't... You see, there there have been times I, I won't say that I you know I look at other people and say okay you know w- w- you know like I look at your guys I look at all, you know Powell I look at yeah. Kimmy Riley so what are they doing that's different but for the most part I look at us and say what did we do last year that we can be better this year that's yeah. that's how I that's how I barometer it do we have more ratings do we have more listeners yes do we have more ratings yes do we have more sponsors yes yes if we're doing better than we did than our previous guys last year meaning yeah. us then we are we're on the right track 
No, I agree with you 110%. I think the whole the whole key to the gimmick is good morning. The whole key to the gimmick is is are you doing as good as you did? La- are you doing better than you did last year? Yeah, exactly. The the analogy I made to one of the guys I interviewed earlier this week is like if I go to your kid's birthday party and you've got a clown this year, if next year you don't have a magician and a bouncy house, I ain't fucking going because hey, I'm exactly, always exactly. stepping up. Like, I always want it to be the same thing. Like, I don't want to do the same thing over and over again because then you become stagnant, you become stale, and you don't grow your brand because it's all about branding. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about having a product people enjoy and branding and making sure that you make that product as big as, big as possible and get as much audience as you can. Um, because that's that's how you get the sponsors and that's how you get the money. And if we and if you have the right chemistry, like uh, I think when people ask me why do you think your show is successful, and first of all, you think I'm a success. Yeah, <laughs> and that was my first question. It's like when I can actually quit my job and 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 do this for a living, go on the road and all that stuff. Uh, that then come back to me and we'll talk about success. But yeah, right now it is first of all, it's number one and foremost, it's fun. Yeah, and the second thing is is that we want to appease the fans and the geekdom that follow us. Right. We wanted to make it the best thing out there so that when they come and especially for for everybody locally here, yeah. then they can say, Well, I knew so you know, I knew Marco forty two when they were starting out. I knew Johnny and Deuce when yeah. you know they were doing when they were sitting in the corner of Inkton Geek. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Mark Who forty two when they were only Mark Who number three. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like I, I do. We, we've upgraded with, since. We've upgraded since. No, and I totally get that and I think that's really cool and I, it's just, uh, number one, thank you for being my booth buddy this weekend and helping me out all weekend. Oh, no, that's and an I, honor and pleasure and I'm, I'm glad I was your booth buddy. I, yeah, well. it worked out good, I think, for the both of us because it gave each other somebody to lean on because, you know, when we get in these things where it's just us representing the brand, yeah. it's it's tough and if you got to do it all by yourself representing the brand, then it, it's not easy. I mean, it, everybody thinks, oh, you just get come to a con and hang out, and it's like, no, there's a lot of no, fucking work. Yeah, yeah, I, and I'm like, every, anybody who wants to come in and just watch what we do, yeah. as far as setting up the booth, as far as doing the panels, getting ready, pre- yeah. prepping, talking, marketing, and all that stuff, it's not just we sit down and put a microphone out there and just start asking people questions. Yeah. We do, it, it's, it's an immersion. It is yeah. something that, uh, and yeah, like, like Deuce was saying, uh, I know a lot of cosplayers. Yeah. I don't know any tattoo people. Cool. Yeah. And uh, when you find a, a partner somewhere in, in in a convention that you're doing or somebody you can geek out and reach out to, it is it is a gold brick that you've got in your possession because it is something that you can at least say, hey, I need to talk to so-and-so. Awesome. Well, Christian, how do they find Marku42 on the internet? Absolutely. Well, it, easy as uh, easy peasy. You can Google Marku42. We are all over the freaking place. But again, we'll start it off Marku42.net. We've got a Facebook page. We've got a Twitter page. Subscribe to us on iTunes. If you've got Android or Go- uh, or an iPhone, you can download our apps. Uh, we're on the uh, Geekcast Radio Network. We're on the Florida Geek Scene. I'm at. We, we're everywhere, and we're going to probably be ending up coming to convention near you. Last year, we did 20 conventions. And shockingly, we had uh, we uh, we worked with Fan Expo. Nice. And they're, they're the ones who sp- uh, who do the megacons down here for both Tampa Bay and Orlando. Correct. And just one time, I was just walking and said, "Hey, do you guys need anybody to go to?" Because at that time, Dallas had Capaldi and yeah. Jenna Coleman and uh, 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 um, uh, I'm sorry, um, Michelle Gomez, Missy. Yeah. And I just off the cuff said, "Hey guys, um, uh, I hear Capaldi's going to be there. Uh, you probably need guys to do uh, panels." And he goes, "Do you want to go?" And I'm like, "Oh, we really don't have a budget for <laughs> to take the team to Dallas." Yeah. And the next thing he goes, uh, "You, uh, I'm not asking if you have a budget. I'm asking if you want to go to Dallas." Yeah. So next thing you know, we're on a plane to Dallas. I'm like, "Dude!" So this year we're going to be going to Atlanta in May. Uh, we're going to a lot more Doctor Who conventions, as well as we're going to be returning to our old uh, stomping grounds, Megacons, uh, the new ret- uh, retro Supercon that's going to be taking place in April. Yeah. Definitely want to come out over there. Uh, uh, um, Osgood, um, Ingrid Oliver is going to be out there. Uh, we're going to be hosting panels and such. So they can find us anywhere. And please, um, here's probably your reverse. Please listen to both of us. Please listen yes. to the happy hour. I, I, I've actually started listening to you on the SoundCloud. Yeah. And I actually listened to you up uh, coming over here. And I think you were uh, interviewing Siren. Yeah. And it was, uh, I just, I just, you guys sound, 
I, I found I think the way I'm going to probably package this is really nice, but you guys sound really cool. Yeah. That's the way, best way I can cool it. It's, it's, it's like a southern geekdom. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah, it, it really is because, like, we, we've got our own style, and I'm born and raised in Polk County. You can't take the southern out of me. But it, it when we when we have guests on, and I think that's the reason we've done so well, is we're like, look, it's just like you're hanging out on the couch having a beer with your friends. Like, we're not trying to do – we're not re- reinventing the wheel. You right. know what I mean? Like, we just go and we talk to people and we make them feel comfortable. We talk to them about the things they enjoy, and then the magic happens. And that that's happened, knock on wood, pretty much every time is that, you know, we've yet to have anybody come on our show that was like – Man, I don't want to ever do that again. Everybody's like, "Oh yeah. my god!" Like, when can I come on again? Because they they just love hanging out with us, and and we've made such good friends. Like, literally ninety percent of the cosplayers that we've had on the show, I would now consider a friend. That we hang out, we do stuff. That's awesome. So, man. That's awesome. Like, it's just it's you know they become a part of the happy hour family, and I think with us that's the big thing is it's family. Like, the, when we have these guests on and stuff, like if we really hit it off the bat, we become friends and they become part of the the show family, and we're. We're really big about our open door policy that, you know, if you contact us, you know, we're going to do our best to try and get you on the air if we can. You know, if it's something that's relevant or something that, you know, seems like we want to talk about, and especially once we have guests on, if we really like them, I'll tell them straight up. I'm like, you need us to help you promote something. You need anything, you let us know, and we'll do what we can. So I think that that goes a long way. But, again, thank you so much, Christian, for Mark Who 42 coming on the air with us no, today. The honor's all mine, dude. And uh, Totally all mine. Of course, you can connect with us at HH Podcast Show on the Twitter machine, hhpodcastshow at gmail.com, facebook.com forward slash happy hour podcast show, soundcloud.com forward slash happy hour podcast, hashtag, of course, when you're on the Twitter machine, there's not one, there's not two, but there are three hashtags, hashtag happy hour podcast, hashtag HH Podcast Show, and as always, wait, 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 I want to do this with you. Okay, hashtag Hashtag deuces on on the loose. loose. Later. (laughs)